Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. In today's episode, we're going to be going over NFL free agency. It is upon us. The first day has come and gone. There's been a lot of moves on the first day of free agency. A lot more moving parts than I think I thought there were going to be. A lot of guys got paid a lot more than I thought they were going to. Some others got underpaid. My team has made a bunch of moves. A lot of your teams have as well. Be sure to stay tuned for it all. There's still a lot of guys available as well. So I'm going to talk about some fits that might work for some other teams. A lot of uh, wide receivers are still available. A lot of defensive linemen are still available. Not a great class in terms of free agency. A little top heavy. But I'm going to talk about some of the biggest moves. What I think about them for the team, for the player. All that good stuff. So make sure to stay tuned for it all. I hope you enjoy this episode. And let's do it. Alright, so first and foremost, this is my show, so I don't really give a fuck, and I'm going to start with the Bears, because they made some really big splash moves. I wasn't too excited about them at first, so I'm going to here to give my thoughts about all of them. Um, some of them have really grown on me as the day has gone on, and I've watched a little more film and just like gotten to know these players a little better, but... I will say, if you don't want to hear me talk about the the Bears and you just want to get to other major free agency signings, feel free to skip on over this because I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this, not going to lie, um, just because I want to get into it. If you don't care, yeah, feel free to skip ahead. You'll know when I get to the other guys that I'll be talking about. First one I'll probably be talking about is the quarterbacks. So the second I mention quarterbacks, might even tag it down below. If I remember to do that, I can add a little timestamp in the description for any of you guys who don't want to hear me rant about my own Bears. But... I'm going to give a whole rundown of what I thought going into this free agency before I get into this because I really thought the Bears were going to make aggressive moves on the offensive and defensive line, both in the draft and in free agency. I really thought that's the direction we were going to be going. That's obviously not how it's entirely played out. We did sign Nate Davis, the guard out of Tennessee, which I really, really do like. He's a really good right guard in the NFL. Um, you know, a little bit of a... Someone I didn't know too well because obviously, I, frankly put, I'm not paying attention to too much offensive line play, but immediately I liked the system fit because I know he's running a lot more power and outside zone and a lot more of those kind of things that it's seeming is going to be like with Luke Getzi as our offensive coordinator. It seems like we're going to run, run a lot of offensive, you know, um, excuse me, a lot of, wow, you can probably hear my roommate cough in there. Sorry about that. Um, a lot of pulling motions with the guards, a lot of outside zone stuff. Um, so that's immediately a good fit but the more i've watched him i really do like the fit there he's a very smart player and we really didn't pay for too much because one of the guys i was looking for in free agency was uh, was chris lingstrom uh he ended up re-signing with the falcons on a massive five-year 105 million dollar deal so 21 million dollars a year for a guard we're basically getting similar production obviously chris lingstrom I think he was an all-pro this year. He's fantastic. But the fact that he's getting paid $20 million, that doesn't seem worth it from where we are right now. Um, so I really do like this signing. I also want to say that I was hoping we were going to get someone like a Javon Hargrave. But the fact that he went for the price that he did to the San Francisco 49ers makes sense for their scenario. I totally get why the San Francisco 49ers needed that. They need that interior pressure. And they've been trying to address that, whether it be through the draft or free agency for some time now. I think Javon Hargrave is a really good fix for them. Um, I haven't seen the exact details of the contract. I know it's a four year, $80 million deal. I don't know if that's front loaded because that'd make a lot more sense as a team that's trying to win now. And obviously they're not paying the quarterback position very much. Even with Trey Lance still there, he's only on his rookie contract still. 
Um, so they could afford to do things like this. The Bears, from our point of view, I don't think this would have been a good move competing with someone like the 49ers. Again, we're a really young team. We know we're not in a window to win the Super Bowl right now. You don't want to overpay for a 30-year-old in this scenario. So I don't mind that at all. I also was kind of talking myself into Deron Payne a little bit to bring a little bit more of that you know, interior pass rush. But I just don't think he'd fit the scheme that well and what we're trying to do there. So I get that too. And again, he got paid a shit ton by the Washington Commanders, a guy that knows them all, fits their scheme. They're not really going to have to, you know, you know, think twice about that position. Um, and if they did le let him go, it would be a position of need. So I get why they did it there. And again, I get why the Bears didn't pursue those guys. Um, some other guys that I think I was just kind of on my mind for the Bears to pursue, but maybe not a little bit higher on there. Whoa, I don't know what the hell just happened to my... Here we go. Sorry, my screen got all messed up in front of me but i was looking at offensive linemen one offensive lineman that's still on the board which i'll get to in a second um you know what yeah i'll just leave that for now but um oh no chris Lingstrom, there it is yes yeah, so some other guys i was looking at after um was mike mcglinchy but again he got paid really really nicely by the denver broncos i thought that's a little bit of an overpay he's a guy who had a ton of penalties next year i thought he was the benefit of system a little bit i liked him with the bears because i thought he could fit what they were trying to do there um so i wouldn't mind too much of an overpay because right tackle is a need of ours and you know it's kind of a system fit but the fact that he got 17.5 million dollars a year for a player of his caliber no disrespect i mean mike wiglinch is a solid right tackle in this league but for that type of payday again kind of glad we didn't go that route i really do like the much more affordable nate davis route we've taken now and there are some you know things we've seen um from our young guys there that are reason to believe we shouldn't be overpaying in that position um and then again Jawan taylor another guy that i really liked more of a pass blocking tackle but again seeing him get paid by the kansas city chiefs at 20 million dollars a year and that makes total sense for the kansas city chiefs by the way that is an absolute great deal for them um now moving off of orlando brown who they played at left tackle last year presumably Jawan taylor is going to be taking over that spot they're going to be letting him go is that someone the bears could pursue i definitely think so Orlando Brown was actually someone that played right tackle for the Baltimore Ravens before he joined the Kansas City Chiefs and did it really damn well at that really, really good run blocking right tackle. So I could definitely see that being as a fit for the Chicago Bears. Only problem is I really think you're going to have to break, break the bank with that kind of guy coming off of a Super Bowl, um, you know, going to a team that's not going to be winning a Super Bowl, at least in this, you know, near foreseeable future in the Chicago Bears, you would definitely have to break the bank a little bit for that. So I think that makes a little more sense, but maybe, you know, as time goes on, other guys haven't paid him, or excuse me, other teams haven't paid him, his price will go down a little bit in connection to that. And I think I brought him up a little bit earlier, but Caleb McGarry, McGarry, excuse me, definitely someone I'd be looking after. He has struggled with injuries in the past, but a fantastic run blocking run tackle again comes from that Arthur Smith scheme that we just got Nate Davis from as well. Um, so really, really would just be an instant fit in this system. The fact that he hasn't signed yet, I think is really telling that bears might be talking to him, especially because the tackles are going to go early in this year's draft. And there's a couple right tackles that I really do like in Darnell Wright and Dewan Jones, but there's talks of those guys going in the first round. Now, I don't know if the bears, you know, you're not going to want to spend the ninth overall pick on that. Um, so right tackle could definitely be a position to address because Riley Reef was not doing it last year. And frankly, he's definitely a release candidate. Uh, you could basically to get his salary off the books, which I think is what they're going to end up doing with, um, 
why am I forgetting his name? Cody Whitehair, who, if you cut him, I believe you saved $9 million. Nate Davis, you're only paying him $10 million this year. You're basically getting Nate Davis for a million dollars a year, if you think about it like that. That's not exactly, you know, just bear with me a little bit here. You're paying a $1 million upgrade to get Nate Davis, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, so that does make a lot of sense from that standpoint. And then getting back to Caleb McGarry just fits the system really well. Amazing, amazing run blocking right tackle. Needs some work allowing sacks, but overall only allowed 19 pressures on the year last year out of 517 pass blocks. That is according to PFF. But I again, I really just think that the run blocking and the scheme fit would sell it. Um, could McGlinchey's contract, you know, fuck this up a little bit and you might have to overpay a little bit for him? Yeah, maybe. It could definitely do that. Um, but I do think McGarry just... We, he had such a good year last year, and again, he has struggled with injuries a little bit. I think it's a little bit of a different scenario. I think we could get him around 16 a year, front load it, and I'd be a lot more comfortable with that. Um, definitely someone that I would keep an eye on for the Bears to sign. I think he fits the team really, really well. And if he stays healthy, he could be a phenomenal player. And, I mean, the Bears, on paper, they're in a situation where they could get really good at the offensive line really quickly. Between Nate Davis, Caleb McGeary, you got the right side, you know, all good to go or you could even throw nate davis at left guard keep tevin jenkins at right guard you got tevin jenkins you got caleb mcgeary you got nate davis at the other guard spot and then you got braxton jones who played phenomenal at the fifth round for the bears last year at left tackle that's a really really good setup there and then i think you go into the draft going after either joe titman or john mitchell smort schwartz smiths smiths it's smiths it's not schwartz it's john mickle smiths john mickle <laughs> can't say this fucker's name john michael smiths that's it that's his name i'm sure of it he's a really fantastic center out of minnesota i'm not trying to yeah he's great if you don't know who he is look him up he has been awesome the last three years in minnesota started all three years would be ecstatic if he was there at the end of the second round for us um or even if with our first pick in the second round which is the ravens pick i believe it is that would be fantastic i would love that um or joe titman Another really athletic center. I believe he's out of Wisconsin. Would totally fit the scheme well. Either one of those guys. You've got a brand new offensive line that's really good and really, especially run running, run blocking wise. Excuse me. That's a fantastic unit. Um, or even taking you know Ben Skaronski at nine and just figuring out the rest of it. I still would not hate that move at all. I I wouldn't hate Paris Johnson in that pick. I think you'd have to move him to right tackle in that scenario, which I think he could do. He played right guard in 2021 before moving to left tackle for Ohio State. So I wouldn't hate that. And again, I think Skaronsky is just so technically good and just such a smart player. You can make it work. Obviously, the arm length is definitely a concern. He might be a guard. But it's not like Tevin Jenkins has been you know exactly healthy recently i think he's just such a good player you can find a spot for him to play um he did play left tackle exclusively in college but that doesn't mean you can't switch him to right tackle um i think he's just so technical um so smart love that he's playing right there in your backyard at northwestern i think they're gonna like that a lot too and i think you can just find a spot for him somewhere on the offensive line and you can make him really successful just because how good he is um but again if you end up going paris johnson in there i would not hate it at all um, if there's a defensive lineman that's slipping, such as like a Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter, obviously would not hate that. Just don't expect those guys to be there. Even if the Bears traded back again, if none of those guys are there, I mean, if I would imagine Skaronsky's probably going to be there no matter what, but if they don't like him at tackle and they see him purely as a guard and they feel like they have their guard spots figured out with Jenkins and Nate Davis, not saying that this is the best way to go, 
they could even trade down again, get some more picks, let that another guy come up there, uh, what, whatever they may need. But moving on, sorry, I just saw something. I got distracted by something out my window really quickly. Um, moving on with the rest of free agency, some more guys that I think the Bears should definitely be keeping their eyes on to be targeting. Whoa. Um, is Sean Murphy Bunting or Byron Murphy, one of the Murphys. Uh, keep it, yeah, keep it in the family. I think that either one of those guys, sorry, that was corny as fuck. I think either one of those guys would be a fantastic add to this defense. Just two really, really young corners that still could be getting better. Um, can play inside and outside, especially in the case of Byron Murphy. I think I'd prefer that one a little bit. And the fact that he hasn't gotten paid yet is kind of, I think it's actually good. Um, and you could get him a little bit more of a deal. I'm not exactly sure. But I, I just really feel like I know that the Bears have invested a decent amount, especially in draft capital in their secondary. You know, last year they took Jaquan Brisker and then Kyler Gordon back-to-back picks. But I just think these guys can really build upon what you already have there because they're a little bit older than those guys. They can show them the ropes a little bit, but they're still young and improving. They can all be young and improve together. Um, and just reaching their peak together, frankly, I feel like that'd be really good on a three-year deal. You know, coming into that third year, that's a realistic Super Bowl window before you're paying Justin Fields the huge bag. Um, and just relatively speaking, you aren't paying Kyler Gordon or Jaquan Brisker that much. Eddie Jackson, someone you're getting paid a lot, but he might even be cut next year if he either can't stay healthy or goes back to his 2020 slash 2021 form. Because last year when he was playing, he was fantastic. He was back to 2018 Eddie Jackson, 2019 Eddie Jackson, when just he was an absolute ball hawk, picking off a ton of balls, playing coverage really, really well. Um, I really like the pairing of him and Brisker if he can stay healthy, but if he can't, he might be a cut candidate for next year. His cap hit this year is 17 million. If you cut him, it's going to be $9 million in dead cap. I think they would have already done that by now, which with his last year's production, I don't think they want to do that. But going into that year after that, his cap hit's going to be $18 million with only $5 million in dead cap. So if he goes into that next year injured or again, just reverts back to his 2021 form i could definitely see a world where they cut him um other than that i mean i just emphasize it but before i get into the rest of the free agents i think you need to get d line help in this year's draft which is a really good draft for it if someone like keanu bennett is there um and you want to wait off on center i'm perfectly fine with that or vice versa you think you can get center and then wait on keanu bennett thanks guy on a motorcycle um i don't think you're going to be able to wait on keanu benton if keanu benton's there at 49 or whatever our first pick is i think you absolutely have to make that that'd be a steal of a pick i think particularly we need defensive interior help we just signed michael walker um to a reasonable deal i believe it was about three years 23 million i want to say that's off the top of my head i could be wrong about that it's somewhere in the seven to eight million dollars per range or per year range i believe he's a versatile a defensive lineman that plays a little bit of a uh, th- like th- three four edge, you know, a little bit more of that. No, doesn't necessarily play three tech, but he'll play four eye all the way out to like five um, or seven. Probably not seven. Probably not that wide. But he's he's a little bit more of a powerful defensive end. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. So it gives him some versatility there. Had seven sacks and limited snaps. Maybe even Flus thinks he can get something out of that. Um, but let's get into some of these guys that. We have signed some of these big names besides that because Michael Walker, I think, is kind of just someone I'm going to have to wait on. I just saw that signing, so I'm going to have to make a little bit more of an opinion about that one. I just know he's a versatile lineman that kind of broke out on limited snaps last year, so I think that's what they're betting on upside. I don't know his age or how, how old he is or anything like that, so that could definitely affect my opinion as well. But 
getting into some of the <laughs> the nitty gritty stuff because the Bears, I obviously talked about Nate Davis a lot, so I won't go over that anymore. They also signed TJ Edwards to start off free agency, which I absolutely loved. A Mike linebacker, obviously a hole was placed there. Ruth Woke, Roquan Smith, um, you know, being traded to the Baltimore Ravens, getting paid that fat contract, five years, $100 million. Um, that was a need. And I think TJ Edwards played really well. There is a little bit of question to be asked is, uh, was he a benefit? Was he at the benefit of just so much talent around him? I definitely think that's a, a question worth asking because linebackers, particularly when they have really good fronts in front of them, they can kind of fly around and make a lot more tackles. Um, yes and no. I do think that was part of it. I do think that the talent around him definitely exemplified his skills, but I do think he has the potential to be a really good linebacker, especially in a Matt Eberflus scheme like this, especially just knowing Matt Eberflus's background and how he sees the linebacker position, how important it is in this defense. You know, you think back to when he was coaching for the Colts, uh, Darius Leonard, EJ Speed, Bobby Okereke, all these guys were really, really productive linebackers, all in their distinctive roles, and they really all shined in those roles. So I really think that it makes sense that we're investing heavily in this position. And the fact that is TJ Edwards was not a big contract. It was, it was not, um, and big, I mean, it's not, it's a three-year contract. And I believe it's like $18 million, $19 million in that range. That is a steal for someone of this caliber, especially when you're adding someone like Tremaine Edmonds. When you look at the Tremaine Edmonds deal in by itself in a vacuum, I think the value is a little bit of an overpay. I would totally say, um, I wasn't a big fan of it. I think, you know, it's a low positional value in terms of linebackers you know you don't really want to pay linebackers the big money like that especially off-ball linebackers we just saw that with Roquan Smith but again when you kind of think about it in perspective you just traded Roquan Smith who was going to be getting paid more than that anyways you've got a second and a fifth out of it now you're paying a little less for a guy that's got honestly probably a higher ceiling just because He's bigger, he's freakier, and he can cover just as well. He kind of has similar problems in the run game, but just the fact that he has those tools to work with makes you think you can kind of fix that. And he's younger. So when you say all those factors together, I understand it a lot more, and I don't hate it nearly as much as when I first saw it. And especially when you're thinking of the linebacker playing next to him, who's probably going to be the Mike in TJ Edwards is on such a deal when you're looking at the unit as a whole and then Jack Sanborn's probably going to be your Sam. That's a, I mean, relatively speaking, that's a cheap linebacker room for the possible production at its ceiling. Obviously this is projection. You never know how it's going to work in reality, but at its ceiling, you could see this being a really, really, really damn productive linebacker room in a Matt Eberflus system that really values and maximizes the most out of the linebackers for honestly a bargain because Sanborn was an undrafted free agent if I'm not mistaken TJ Edwards is only getting six mil and then Tremaine obviously you're paying a lot more but that's your superstar coverage guy who's so important in this role because he's going to be covering not only running backs out of the backfield which he will be he's going to be covering legit slot receivers and he's going to be have to versatile he's going to have to be on tight ends um, he's going to have to do a lot he's going to be asked a lot in this defense but I really think at 24 years old, you know, younger than a rookie last year we had in Vilas Jones, I think he's up to the task, and I think that Matt Eberflus just might be able to get the most out of this guy. So I'm talking myself into it more and more, and especially when you look at the way the defensive tackle market went down, as I said earlier, a lot of those top guys got paid a lot of fucking money. And I don't know if they would have fit our system or fit what we were trying to do or were the right age. So 
I get it. I'm getting it more and more. I hope we get one of these corners backs that I was just talking about to really stir up. We really don't need wide receiver that bad anymore, as crazy as it is to say. And I would not mind Caleb Garrett at all. But other than that, I really like what the Bears are doing. And that's enough about the Bears talk. Let me see the timer so I can try and remember to mark it. Holy fuck. I've been talking about this for goddamn 20 minutes. Holy shit. That's going to be a big skip for some of you guys that just don't give a fuck. Let's get into some of these free agents before I lose every single one of you guys. First off, we already talked. I think I already talked about this a little bit. I don't remember if I've talked about this with you guys yet. But Geno Smith re-signed with Seattle Seahawks three years, $75 million. I did I did talk about this. I remember talking about this now. Uh, Derek Carr, four years, $150 million deal with the New Orleans Saints. I think you guys already kind of know uh, everything you need to know about that one. My feelings are... I think I talked about this one too, now I think about it. But, I mean, the NFC South fucking sucks. This is their time to take advantage of it. This is a team that always seems to figure out their way around the cap. I thought it was a pretty good deal team-wise in terms of being, you know, not too egregious to the cap. I think it was like 37.5 per year. He's getting paid less than Daniel Jones. So, I get it. I totally get it. Um, it is kind of ironic that the Saints absolutely steamrolled Derek Carr in the regular season this year. They didn't even, I think he put up like 50 yards of offense and they decided that, you know, that was going to be their guy, but whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat. Daniel Jones talked about that one. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> this is, this is, this is an interesting one. This is spicy. Obviously Jimmy Garoppolo going back to his old offensive coordinator, <coughs> coordinator, offensive coordinator and Mike McDaniel now with, or not Mike McDaniel, Mike. Josh McDaniels, there we go, that's who it is, another McDaniel, who is now the, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo signing a three-year, $67.5 million deal, so that's, what, 22 and a half per year, so, I mean, in terms of the quarterback market, it's a pretty friendly contract, all things considered, but... I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do anything great here. We know who Jimmy Garoppolo is. We know how limited his ceilings are. Um, you know, Niners fans have been complaining about it for six years now. How far is he really going to get you? Can he stay healthy? Because he always seems to be beat up. Really limited ceiling. Seems to be a product of the system when he was playing with Shanahan. Even back when he was playing with the Patriots um, and he had some success there. Seemed to be more of a system guy. That those The talent around him was just ridiculous. Um... Vegas does have some talent if they can stay healthy, especially Darren Waller there, because we all know how good Devontae Adams is. We all know how good Josh Jacobs was last year. Their offensive line has some pieces that you're pretty questionable about, but their weapons are pretty damn good. Um, if Darren Waller can stay healthy, you know, that's a really big plus. But again, it's just like, we know this guy's ceiling. This doesn't feel like it's going to move the needle at all against Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert. It just seems really strange to me that you'd let... Derek Cargo to get Jimmy Garoppolo. I still absolutely think you need a draft quarterback because this does not, this is putting a band-aid over a broken bone. This is just not going to be the long-term solution. We, we all know who Jimmy Garoppolo is at this point. Um, obviously I'm not like, man, I sound like such a hater right now and I, I am being a hater, but I'm also kind of being realistic and I just don't like this. I get the connection and why they signed him and they are absolutely desperate at quarterback but it's as it gets closer and closer to sound like aaron Rodgers is going to end up a new york jet thank fucking god by the way once that it gets announced you guys will be the first people to know because i'm going to be so excited about it but the closer and closer it sounds like that's going to end up happening it sounds like they just put themselves in a bind moving off of Derek carr didn't have much of a choice and yeah end up letting go of jared stidham he signs with the denver broncos and they get Jimmy Garoppolo, so what a great upgrade. Keep in mind, Jared Stidham 
only getting paid five million dollars this year. Jimmy Garoppolo is getting paid over four times that. So just remember that one, Raiders fans. Sorry, I'm a fucking hater, but I just hate it. I just don't get it at all. Um, I'm not a big believer in Jimmy Garoppolo. Some other notable quarterbacks that have yet to be signed. Baker Mayfield still on the market. Being honestly, I've heard him being connected to a few teams, but the most common one that I've heard is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it makes some sense. I mean, they have Kyle Trask there, who's someone I was not very high on at all coming out of college. Um, and I think, you know, he's obviously been behind Brady. So I guess that helps in some aspect. And they're kind of similar in the fact that they're both fucking statues um, and they just don't leave the pocket. But I don't think Baker Mayfield's anything that's going to, you know, bring you over the top. But then again, NFC South fucking sucks. So might as well take a shot. He's probably not going to be, you know, asking for that much money. Another worthwhile one, Taylor Heineke. Interesting to see what they do there in Washington. Sounds like Sam Har- Sam Howell is going to be their guy, assuming they don't trade forward. I can't speak today. I keep mispronouncing my shit. I need to take a drink of water or something. Oh, yeah, that's fucking... Damn, maybe I did need some water. One sec. Oh, I was dehydrated or something. Oh, good shit. Okay. Yeah, Taylor Heineke, though, still not signed. Um, I want to see him succeed. I just love the story of Taylor Heineke. Obviously, shout out Jack. Watching all these games with the Commanders fan has been fun. He's fun to watch. <laughs> he has these weird clutch moments. Him and Terry McLaurin had a really fun connection there. And yeah, he's honestly must-see TV. They, they were really fun there for a while. Um, other than that, some notable guys is these receivers. None of them have been taken. I mean, Jarvis Landry, Darius Slayton, Nicole Hardman, Paris Campbell, Alan Lazard, Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas... Odell Beckham, Juju, Jacoby Myers, all these guys are still available. I don't think any of these guys are going to make crazy swings, but I mean, there's there's some value here in some of these guys. I think Jacoby Myers, Juju in particular, those guys can definitely, you know, be effective in the right system. I still think Jarvis Landry has some juice. I think you put a guy like Darius Slayton in the right role, he can do some good things. DJ Chark, still think he can do some good things. Interesting to see what will happen with Michael Thomas and how much a team will pay for him because obviously he was one of the best receivers in the nfl at one point i mean even a guy like odo beckham but they're a little bit different actually they're pretty fucking similar when you think about it they're they were i just think michael thomas is a little younger that's why it's hard to compare it but i mean in terms of their situation it's very similar both of these guys have proven to be at one point one of the best receivers in the entire league and they've just been battling injuries for a crazy amount of time now so it's gonna be interesting to see what team takes a chance on them? I have a feeling it'll be a one-year contract, a prove-it deal, but it'll be interesting to see how much they get on those ones. Um, some other guys that have been signed recently as far as, uh, I already talked about offensive line a little bit, but as far as interior defensive line, because I only talked about those top-tier guys, Javon Hargrave and Deron Payne, some more guys have been on the move today. Um, just defensive line as a whole, I guess we can include all these guys to, together, edge fenders included, um, because I do think there were some really good moves made by teams. One of the really good moves, in my opinion, was, um, oh, I don't know how to say this guy's first name. I'm going to fuck this up. But Oconquo, Oconquo, uh, OG Banaway, Ocaro, fucking dude. I actually sound like I'm trying to make fun of this guy because I can't even say his name. It's that fucking bad. I sound like a dick. Um... Ojibana Okoroquo. God fucking damn. Whatever, dude. He signed with the Cleveland Browns on a three-year deal worth $22 million. I swear to God, I was not even trying to be funny there. I was genuinely trying to pronounce his name. Anyways, he was an edge rusher coming out of Houston, signed with the, with the Cleveland Browns. Honestly, kind of has a similar profile to Miles Garrett. Not that he's an athlete, Miles Garrett is, because no one fucking is. 
but he's got a really, really high upside, and I'm really surprised that the Houston Texans didn't sign him. I think if you know the a similar staff was there that was there last year, they definitely would have re-signed a guy like this. But just freaky athleticism, freaky bend, really got going at the end of the year once he was allowed to get more snaps. And I think pairing him with Miles Garrett for him to learn off of is a really, really good pairing. In addition to that, they also added uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, the nose tackle, defensive tackle, hybrid guy out of the Minnesota to a four-year $57 million deal. I think with those edges and how athletic they can be on bending the corner with the interior presence of Dalvin Tomlinson, who is, he is not really going to rush the passer, but he's going to push a pocket forward and keep those guys, you know, <laughs> on their heels as far as the run game goes and just pass protection and all that stuff. I think it's a really good pairing, and I really like what they did there. Um, a couple other one of these guys that are really worth noting uh, another Minnesota Viking, well, now Minnesota Viking, Marcus Davenport signed with the Minnesota Vikings on a one-year prove-it deal worth $13 million. Marcus Davenport was not what the New Orleans Saints were hoping they were going to get out of him with his time there, but when he was on the field, he had his moments. He was really productive. He's still really young, I think at 25, 26 years old. So a one-year prove-it deal worth $13, point, or worth $13 million, especially when Zadarius Smith might be on the move. I feel like that's a really, really good move for them makes a ton of sense i would have loved for the bears to do something like this but i get why they didn't at the same time um up next i mean this is no surprise at all brandon graham re-signed with the philadelphia eagles just again can't say i'm surprised there lorenzo carter going back to the atlanta falcons um chase winovich going to the houston texans on a one-year 2.75 million dollar deal again i think that's a good fit with Jamaica ryan's it's a steal there and it just makes a ton of sense someone notable that hasn't been signed yet i guess two guys three guys honestly that i think are very notable and can make uh, a difference on the right system on the right team and the right system i want to say arden key coming off the jacksonville jaguars really picked it up this year samson ebukon um i believe he was playing for the san francisco 49ers last yannick ngakwe much more of a pass rush specialist but was on the colts before um interesting to see if that's someone the bears might be targeting kyle van noy you know the linebacker edge rusher hybrid who's done it all in this league he's been around for a while really really experienced veteran that could add a lot to a locker room and then I think Melvin Ingram is someone worth putting in there because, again, one of these guys that's just been around a really, really long time, knows how to get it done, and he's been productive when he is getting on the field. Obviously, has slowed down recently, but still productive. I guess one more guy. Sorry. Take it all back. One more guy. I want to say before I leave edge defenders is Frank Clark. Really interesting to see how much he's going to get paid. Obviously, got released by the Kansas City Chiefs after he was due a shit ton of money. Um, he hasn't gotten signed yet, so no one's too eager to get on him, but... I don't know if that's going to be a problem between, you know, what he's demanding because it sounds like, you know, he thinks he's worth a lot and he is one of these guys that has playoff experience, has showed up in really big moments for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, and now they've moved on from him. So, again, going to be interesting to see what they do there. As well as they also moved on from Carlos Dunlap. So, Kansas City is going to have a need at edge defender there. Um, would not be surprised if they take one at the end of the first round with their pick this year. Um, some other guys worth mentioning. Whoa. Um... I mean, honestly, do I even... Whoa, someone's yelling out my window. There's a lot going on today. I feel like there's something in something in the air. I feel like there's not that much I need to go over besides that. If there's anything else, I totally will. Um, some other linebackers that signed, I guess I could go over some of those. 
Uh, Jermaine Pratt going back to the Cincinnati Bengals on a three-year, $21 million deal. That's a fucking great signing for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's been a really, really solid linebacker for them. Um, getting him on that, that type of contract, really good steal. Knows the system, still young, might even still be getting better. Really like it for them. David Long going to the Miami Dolphins for two years, $11 million. That is a fantastic signing. He's going to be a starter for them. Vic Fangio is an amazing defensive coordinator, one of the best defensive coordinators straight up in NFL history. I said it. Um, obviously, could be a little biased there because he coached for the Bears, but I don't go fuck. He's fantastic. I think he's going to fit in super, super well immediately. David Long, really damn good linebacker on a two-year $11 million deal. That is value. really wish the Bears were more on that kind of wagon versus the Tremaine Edwins type of thought process, but hey, whatever. I get it. I'm, I'm not going to hate it too much until I see it, and I'm just trying to stay positive, and I still don't know. I just get split feelings about it. Whatever. It is what it is. Bobby Okereke signed with the New York Giants on a four-year, $40 million deal. This is one I don't understand as much. I think Wink Martindale's got a really, you know, weird system there. It's not very traditional. A um, lot, lot of blitzing. Um, Bobby Okereke, a little bit more of a coverage linebacker. That is something they needed help with on that end. Their coverage from the linebackers this year was simply not acceptable. Um, but just as far as what they ask the linebackers to do, because they do play a 3-4 defense out there, um, I don't really know how he's going to fit as a inside linebacker. He was more of a weak side linebacker. Um, with the Colts there and just let him, you know, play in space, play in the like, attack areas and just have him cover guys. Um, so a little bit of an interesting fit there, but I don't mind it per se. And I think Wink Martindale is just a good enough of a defensive coordinator that they'll be able to figure out something to do with him. And I like his athleticism, like his upside. So overall, I don't really hate it. Um, again, just feels like a little bit of an overpay, maybe compared to some of these other guys like Jermaine Pratt, like David Long. But hey, Jermaine Edmonds just got paid a fucking bag. But then again, I do think Jermaine Edmonds is like tiers above all these other guys due to a variety of factors. One of them being his age because he is the youngest out of these top tier guys. But I genuinely think he's just a more talented linebacker than a Jermaine Pratt and then a David Long. I mean, if you just look at his intangibles, like his height and his speed and all those kinds of stuff, it doesn't take that long to really come to that conclusion. Um, another one, EJ Speed re-signed with the Indianapolis Colts two years, $8 million dollars. Again, just a great signing. Feel very similar about this one than I do the Jermaine Pratt one. Really good value. Player that knows the system. You know, just solid. Not going to fuck things up for you. Makes a lot of sense. Um, Quincy Williams going back to the New York Jets. Again, same kind of thing. $6 million a year. Very similar pay grade to those other two guys. Uh, actually, right in the middle of those two guys. Jermaine got seven. EJ got four. So, again, just great value. Guy that knows your system. I really think he was... I thought he played a lot better than people realized. I think this is a pretty good value in that contract. Um, and so it makes a ton of sense from that point of view. Eric Kendricks going to the Los Angeles Chargers after getting released by the Minnesota Vikings. Makes sense why the Minnesota Vikings released him. Didn't really fit their scheme too well anymore and was kind of having a down year. And the Chargers... I get it, and I don't. I think it's a high upside play. I like his leadership. I like what he can bring to a lot of those other linebackers around him, even though Drew Tranquil might not be there anymore, who I think you know played really, really well for them at times last year. Um, but just as a coverage linebacker, I get it. You want Derwin Moore in the box. You want Eric Kendricks covering. Dude, what is going on today? Sorry about that, guys. You want Eric Kendricks covering tight ends and running backs out of the backfield? He can do that for you. So I do get it, and it's a pretty high upside one. 
I thought they were going to go aggressively after Bobby Wagner and run defense support and just overall play recognition and leadership. I thought that's the direction they're going to go. I guess they still could um, and just keep him in L.A., but I don't know if they're going to do that after this one. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, there's some other definitely notable signings going on as far as cornerback. That's a, definitely one that's been <laughs> – Honestly, going a lot different than I thought it was going to go. I thought Jamel Dean was going to leave the Buccaneers. He ends up staying there four years, $52 million. That's a really fucking good deal. I, it's been the theme of the episode, but I love deals when you can get guys that you know know your system and might still be getting better and you get them on a fucking deal. I love this shit. $52 million for four years, that's entirely worth it in my opinion for someone of Jamel's, Jamel Dean's caliber. Homegrown, still getting better. Really, really like it there. James Bradbury hasn't signed with anybody yet. Um, definitely someone to monitor there. Cameron Sutton going to the Detroit Lions. I like this move too. Cornerback uh, was a need that they've had. He's a younger player. Again, coming off his rookie contract. All these guys are going to be pretty fucking young. But three years, $33 million deals for a cornerback that can play inside and outside. I really like the value there. I think it makes a ton of sense. I think he fits the system. Um, and I honestly thought that this was someone that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to want to bring back because cornerback was already a position they're pretty thin at. This was their best cornerback um, that they had there. And I don't mean DB, I mean literal cornerback because Minka Fitzpatrick is obviously the best DB they have. Um, so I'm kind of surprised they did that. They ended up replacing him with Patrick Peterson, who signed on a cheaper contract, two years, $14 million. Uh, apparently, Peterson only wants to play two more years, and that's why he signed a two-year, and they're giving him what he wants, and whatever. My point is, he played really well at the beginning of the season. He had some flashes where he looked like, you know, a really, really good dominant zone cover corner that's just going to, you know, use his brain and let his physical tools do the rest for him, um, as a lot of these, you know, cornerbacks that tend, when they get older, they tend to do. Um, but I just don't really get this from the Steelers' point of view. I really do think he's going to be on the decline pretty quickly and they don't play too much zone i thought they liked what they had with cam sutton and playing man-to-man -man with him um so i'm kind of surprised by this move especially with a team that feels like it's you know getting young with this young quarterback and kind of on the rise and not entirely in win now phase with what's going on in the afc north but I don't know. I guess we'll see how it plays out. Um, I like the idea of Mike Tomlin and Patrick Peterson being on the same you know, page and same defense because I think that Mike Tomlin's a fantastic coach and Patrick Peterson, again, very heady cornerback. That's a great leader for this team. So I get it from a leadership locker room point of view, but I, 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 don't, I don't know. It just feels a little... And they're not paying him a crazy amount, but I don't entirely get it, I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, again, continue with the theme of the video. Sorry, that was probably pretty loud. Jonathan Jones going back to the New England Patriots, two years, $20 million deal. That's a great fucking value. Jonathan Jones been doing a lot for the Patriots this year, plays inside and out. Um, I thought that a team was going to like him a lot and honestly pay him more than this. So the fact that the Patriots got him cheaper than I thought he was going to get paid and he knows the system well, again, you know the rest. Really good move for him. Totally makes sense. Some guys worth mentioning that haven't been signed yet. Sean Murphy Bunting, Bryce Callahan, who could still be an amazing nickel in my opinion. Byron Murphy, who I think is going to be the best out of the... Oh, shit. Dude, there's so, this is such a hectic fucking episode. I'm so sorry. Uh, that was my laundry. But, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think Byron Murphy can still be a really excellent corner. He's really young. Um, Rocky Sin, a little bit more of a man-to-man -man guy who I don't like as much, but definitely still worth monitoring. Um, it's also worth noting some of the safeties that got signed today before I go get my... 
laundry and get the hell out of here. Jesse Bates signed with the Atlanta Falcons. Totally makes sense for what they want to do. Uh, amazing single high safety. Really, really surprised that the Cincinnati Bengals were so easy to get off of him. But with them drafting Cam Taylor Britt, they've got the insurance there. It makes a ton of sense. Um, four years, $64 million deal. I think it's a good value for him because I think he's worth it. Some people might be calling it overpay, but he's a fantastic safety, especially at free, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Jimmy Ward going to the Houston Texans. I believe it was only like a two-year, $12 million deal. That's a fucking steal. D'Amico Ryans knows how to use this guy. Him and Jalen Petrie. Um, with how the league is going to more and more too high, if you've got those guys playing too high for you and they can do a little bit of everything, they can go down and play nickel, they can play, you know, they can play against those slot receivers and then they can also, you know, play free, play rangy, um, really instinctual guys. I love that. And then you have Derek Stingley as a man-to-man lockdown corner, you know. I love that. I feel like D'Amico Ryans is going to know how to use these guys really well. It just made way too much sense here. And, yeah, it's just great signing for them there. Um, but besides that, honestly, not a lot of these guys have gone. Jordan Poyer is still a free agent. CJ Gardner Johnson is still a free agent. Juan Thornhill, Taylor Rapp, Julian Love, some guys that I think could be serious playmakers on different teams, still free agents. So definitely worth, you know, waiting out, seeing what's going to happen there. One last guy I want to talk about before I get out of here and wrap this episode up. Von Bell signed with the Carolina Panthers on a three year, $22.5 million deal. Honestly, kind of surprising to me because I don't really know what they're going to be doing with Jeremy Chin. Uh, there's been talks of him, you know, moving to linebacker. I don't think that's going to be his best fit. I don't think he's strong enough for that. I really do think he should be more that robber role where he's just playing a safety that's coming down to the box, playing a little more physical. I loved him a couple years ago. He kind of got lost in the mix a little bit last year, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him here because I think they needed more of a free safety to complement Jeremy Chin. Von Bell, a little bit more of a guy who plays around the box, but still a fantastic player. Had a really good year last year. So going to be interesting to see what they do with him there. Don't love the move, but yeah, it should be interesting. He's a good player and it's not like they grossly overpaid him or everything. So don't hate any of that there. I'll keep you guys posted. As free agency continues, there's going to be a lot more moves coming forward. Can't wait for the draft. And I'll probably, honestly, upload another mock draft once free agency starts coming a little bit more to a close before the actual draft. Because, obviously, this goes into my thinking of what teams, you know, whether they address needs or whether they don't. Um, Oh, worth mentioning. One more guy I want to bring up before we get on um, or before I fucking end this episode. Let me find him really quickly. Um... What the fuck? I don't know. I don't. I, I can't pull up his profile right now, but it, do, it really doesn't matter. Draymond Jones going to the Seattle Seahawks. They released Shelby Harris. That's a really, really good move for him. I'm, many of you guys have probably already talked or maybe heard about this, but Denver Broncos <laughs> getting fleeced by the Seahawks again. I'm really surprised they let go of Draymond Jones. Ended up taking Zach Allen, um, who has you know connections to Van Joseph, who was coaching in uh, – Arizona last year where Zach Allen was playing but I don't think Zach Allen is that crazy good of a player he had some decent production but I think a lot of that came from just learning from JJ Watt um I don't love that move there and then replacing you know or getting rid of Draymond Jones and then signing someone like that um not you know you didn't pay him a crazy amount so I don't absolutely hate it from that point of view a three years 45 million dollars so about 15 actually that's that's a pretty good amount dude I don't know. I don't know. You're only paying $2 million more million per year for Draymond Jones, who I think is has a significantly higher ceiling. Obviously, Zach Allen knows the system more, so I guess that makes a little more sense. 
maybe in the end of the day, this will end up being a win-win for both teams because Zach Allen might know the system of Denver a little bit more that they're bringing in there. Obviously, Draymond Jones um, leaving Denver and going to Seattle. Um, you would think that, you know, he just knows the system well, but he felt a little bit out of place at times. Uh, felt like they didn't exactly know how to use him. Seattle just getting a better player, getting an interior pass rush to match with guys that are young on the exterior, like Daryl Taylor and freaking Nintendo Nwosu, forgot his name. Um, so, yeah, don't really love it from the Broncos' point of view, and I do really like that a lot from the Seattle Seahawks' point of view. Anyways, that's going to be it for today's episode. For real this time, um, if you did enjoy it, please share this with your friends and family. Follow me here at Murphy's League. Follow my Instagram at Murphy's League. Um, yeah, stay tuned for more content, guys. NFL free agency is going to be wild. There's more signings that are going to be coming up soon. The draft is coming up sooner rather than later here. I'm excited. I'm here to break it all down. And March Madness is almost here. So maybe I'll break down some of that. You never know. Stay tuned for it all. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And peace out, y'all. Mm-hmm.